Yeah, I think、uh, I came to the NFT world by、um, kind of an accident. So I obviously liked a lot of、uh, a lot of things about collectibles.、Um, when I was a kid, I used to trade a lot of、uh, soccer cards. I would play games to like I would even bet on them.、Um, and、um, then when I saw. I want to say when I saw actually NBA Top Shots and a bunch of other NFTs, I knew there's something to it.、Um, and then back in 2021, I worked with,、uh, so I was still working with public companies back then. And then just for, just for, I, I honestly, I didn't think much of, out of it, but I just for, you know, almost fun, I did this. A、project with an Italian artist wanted to sell out his NFT collection, and he said, "Whatever you do in the Web two, meaning like you know the paid ads that I was doing for public companies, he said, whatever you do for them, can you just do it for、um, his collection?" And I didn't think much out of it, and、I、just said, "Okay, fine, I'll do it." And then, and then he sold out his collection. So then I realized there's something that I've done in the. Uh, I guess in the investor relationship marketing、uh, world in the Web two industry that could work in the Web three, so then I just leaned into it, and、um, no one else was doing it. And honestly, even to this point, not many people are still doing those strategies that I have. So I think that's why a lot of people gravitated toward my my ways of doing things, and they wanted to try something new, try something fresh, as opposed to everything else that everyone else was doing. So that's that's really、uh, that's really what set me apart. I see. That's cool. I mean, the way that you came into the space is pretty natural for、uh, I think anyone that's in Web three or crypto. Um, a lot of us just kind of fell into it or came across it exploring, and then found a natural like niche within the space. Of course, yeah, and and I remember even like once that happened, I just put a gig up on a bunch of freelance platforms, and I just said, "Hey, like、um, I just do this."、Uh, again, I didn't really think much out of it, but it like in a month it just blew up.、Uh, since、mm-hmm. I just posted those results, like everyone wanted to do、uh, something with me, and then. Um, and it was really cool. Now, obviously, right now as we speak, it's not the bull market anymore like it used to be、mm-hmm. um, back then.、Uh, so things are、um, a lot slower for、um, everyone, whether it be the marketers or the even the founders itself. Some founders just you know they're just waiting it out. Like especially just past few days, we had the、um, the、uh, the thing with、uh, FTX and FTT.、Uh, so. Uh, but you know, it's just part of the part of the cycle. You know,、and、a lot of people talk about it, and they they say, "Oh, is a crypto,、um, NFT, DeFi, all of these are dead." And people who've been in this industry longer, they're all saying, "Yeah, they've been dead at least like three times." So、um, it's just it's just part of the cycle.、Uh, so now things are you know,、um, in a certain way right now, maybe the、uh, circ- I guess the sentiment of the market. Is a little bit、um, on the、mm-hmm. on the fearful side,、uh, yeah. but then then we have then we still have like cool things like Reddit just recently launched their NFT side of things called the digital collectibles, and then they acquired one point three million wallets,、um, which is huge、um, in in the in the crypto and NFT world. So,、mm-hmm. a lot of cool things happening also. 
Yeah, no, what, what you're speaking about, we call it FUD, but it's fear, uncertainty, and doubt. And that's a lot of what um, turns people off from being involved. But it's encouraging, it's encouraging to hear from people like you because for anyone that's crypto curious or someone that's like getting involved, there's a lot of good things out there. They're just not as well spoken of as all of the bad things. And so it kind of takes being in the space to know about the good things and to focus on the positive and be a part of um, the positive movement because it's just like anything else, it's young and the adoption rate is slow. And so, and that's what it is for a while. Anything, anything that's a new technology or something that's revolutionary, it's, it's always kind of follows the same pattern. So that's good. And you referenced the bear market. So I wanted, I wanted to touch into that a little bit. So you recently posted on LinkedIn, a blog post titled how to sell 5,555 NFTs with recycled money in the bear market. Yeah. In that in that blog you wrote, while there's no point speculating when the next bull run is, there's certainly value in figuring out what the approach is, working to sell out in the bear market. So when people are looking um, at the major cryptocurrencies crashing, and as we record this interview even, um, where have you found the opportunities? Yeah, so that's honestly, that's the thing that I've been very focused on so there are a lot of people in this industry i mean a lot of influencers for example that they were very active last year um when i started actually taking on clients so i knew about cryptocurrency since 2016 like that's when my best friend told me about it but um last year in 2021 that's when i actually started taking on clients in the in the web3 but the um, the i guess focus of mine has been always to find something good something positive and just stand for something in this market because it just gave me a lot of value right so i did well and then obviously i just wanted to stay and do well too right so uh, i've i always look for th good things that's happening in the market and then um i you know I just experimented basically in different things, right? So one of the things we've done, um, I thought, okay, well, um, you, if you've ever heard about the um, the project called Goblin Town, for example, they started mm -hmm. cutting a lot of the steps. For example, people were uh, grinding Discord, coming up with these complicated roadmaps, and then the artwork was just had to be just so good and world class. And then a project like Goblin Town came about and just said, you know, then. Uh, they just, I guess, had their own narrative of saying, hey, we're going to call all those, like, we're not going to have a roadmap. We're not going to do, you know, coin or we're not going to do a, like, merch or, or maybe they will do it in the future. But at least at that point, they said they're not going to do any of that. Uh, they're not going to have a Discord that's just, like, engaging and, like, collabs and um, all sorts of things that people just didn't really like about uh, the whole Web3 experience. Um, I guess they did like about it initially, but we just got tired of it. Like we just wanted something new. So anyways, that kind of gave me the idea that, hey, what if we could also cut several steps in the marketing uh, side of things when it comes to marketing an NFT collection? So we thought, okay, what if we just ask people instead of telling them, hey, become a whitelister um, a, or go to our Discord, join our community, stay there for a month and then buy our NFTs. What if in this crazy times, what if we just told them, hey, here's the price. Here's what you get if you buy this NFT and here's a link. Go buy it right now. 
Um, and mm. and then so obviously no one has done that before. And then we just thought, okay, what if it could work? And then we did it, and it worked. And then we're like, okay, mm. so this is really cool. Uh, so now if someone has, let's say, so in that specific example, you were referencing, this guy had, I believe, $20,000 um, marketing uh, budget. But then at the end, he actually spent $130,000 in in uh, marketing. And the reason he could do that is because he was just recycling his money. So he would, let's say, put in um, you know, $30 in, he would sell an NFT for $30. Oh, sorry, th- sell an NFT for maybe $80. And then he would get his $30 back plus another $50, right? And then he would just reinvest that back into his marketing. So that's really what the concept of recycle money came from. Uh, and it's really cool because a lot of people didn't have a lot of budget, right? And then they wanted to still do this. And then plus also other ways uh, p- people were struggling with uh, to to sell their NFT. So we we're like, okay, what if this could work? And then a bunch of other projects right after they started doing the same thing. I think one of them is somewhere around 95, 96% sold out. Another one is about 80 something percent sold out. And then, then a bunch of other ones, they're like 50% to 60% uh, sold using the exact same strategy. So it just, mm. it just came from just cutting steps out of necessity. Um, and then there was no, not enough money. So we're like, okay, what if we could reinvest that back into the marketing? And then that's just how this strategy came about. Okay, very cool. So if I, if I'm gonna summarize what I'm hearing, it's if you were to say like three things to to make sure you do, it's uh, to be efficient with your marketing and more direct. Um, yeah. Cut out more steps and then yeah. uh, reinvest reinvest heavily, like you know reinvest from immediate gains that you're yeah. making with with uh, your marketing. And then what will be the, what will be the last one? Yeah, I guess um, I guess just be okay to try out new things right just be innovative especially in this space because part the one of the reasons it works that strategy works is that it's just new so it's different right it's actually not new in the web too right so it's just anything that you bought online you saw an ad and you you went on and bought it maybe a backpack or some you know um whatever e-commerce product that you've done that that's just basically the concept right but we didn't have it for web3 uh and then i just thought okay why not why couldn't we have it for the web3 right so uh, you can you can I think for someone who's trying to come up with like cool ideas, they could think about, okay, what are some ideas that work in the web two? Could it work in the web three as well? Let's just try them out. And then sometimes people just don't have the, I guess, money or resources to try some something else. So then at that point, you should just go and like read other people's case studies, see if something that they've done that has worked. And then you can just, you know, try it on your own as well. Yeah. Now, that's a good point because we see a lot of failure due to failure in marketing. You know, like even celebrity brands that have flopped completely because they didn't have the right marketing strategy in place. So like even having the best creative and, you know, creating something that's like looks amazing. Um, that's a big part of it. But then it's also the marketing and, and how that's done. So maybe of course. Uh, spend a little bit more time uh, on the marketing. So we address like uh, what to do. So you were interviewed um, by Forbes and you explained that although NFTs are easy to launch in literal terms, making them successful is a whole nother element. And in that interview, you said that with NFTs, you need to make sure that you have an experienced marketing professional. While NFTs are easy to do, they often fail 
because of the lack of experience in marketing a project. So with that in mind, like what are some of the watch outs or like three things that you would encourage people not to do because yeah. I've seen it fail before. Yeah. So it's very important. And honestly, it's, it's a, uh, if people just, it's actually very, some small things that people could just, if they just know, and if they believe it, sometimes people hear it, but they don't believe it. So for example, if some, so there are launch pads out there and if someone wants to launch their project on a launch pad, so they don't have to spend as much on marketing, which is nice, but then they also need to know if that launch pad could sell a specific price point. Right. So for example, uh, actually, I'm not going to name a specific launchpad because, you know, they don't, um, they may not want it, but let's say launchpad X, um, that exists out there right now. Um, and when they sell, just for listeners reference, uh, a launchpad, just for people that aren't necessarily as deep in crypto. Mm -hmm. So launchpad Mm -hmm. are are basically online marketplaces where you can, they already have a captivated audience. And so. Um, but they also take a big cut out of the project. These are, um, if you want to search, there's OpenSea, Magic Eden. Um, like these are examples. And so, yeah. and there's many out there's There's many out there at this point. Um, exactly. That was just, just good, good reference. I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. Yeah. So, so then, and now imagine one of those launch pads that you want to go on. First of all, sometimes they take um, two, three weeks to review your application or even market you. So obviously you need to have like some time to, to do that. But the, let's say you pick one and then you look at the projects that they sold out and then all the price points that you see on that um, on that uh, launch pad is somewhere less than $100. And then you have an NFT that's actually going for $300 or $400, right? So that's um, whatever ETH that is um, at the time people listening. But um, you, so then you may think, okay, I guess it's okay. You can just launch it on that launch pad, but you will fail if you just go do that, right? So it's, it's like, it's very simple, right? So you would think, okay, so um, obviously the price point is very important, but then a lot of people literally feel like just like that. And so mm-hmm. um, the average price right now on Ethereum is 0.07 um, ETH. Um, and then if you go above that, then you run a risk of not being able to sell out. Now, could you have a large price and still sell out? Yes, you could, but then the strategies change. So you can't, so you can't just like look at another project and just say, well, just because they did X, Y, Z, we can do X, Y, Z. And then if our price is different, well, let it be different. It's not, it doesn't work that way. Right. So that's a really big deal. Choice of blockchain is very important. So I found that Ethereum, for example, is obviously very saturated. Now, when it comes to other blockchains like Solana, XRP, the people inside the blockchain uh, or the ecosystem, they're very excited to actually um, support the projects. So naturally, you will get a lot more support on those ecosystems than you would get, let's say, on um, Ethereum, right? And then each blockchain has its own vibe as well, right? So if you like, if you have something luxury that you're uh, producing, or let's say if it's like a membership NFT that's luxury and the uh, the price is going to be really high, so going on Solana may not make sense, right? But if you go on like Ethereum, may actually make more sense, or maybe yeah, I would. Even- saturated going on xrp is going to be a lot better so so choice of choice of blockchain is very important choice of Mm -hmm. um 
choice of price is very, very important. Timing is very important, right? So like whoever just launched today and yesterday, for example, they probably wrecked um, because of just how the market is just a bloodbath. It, no one cares money about any projects, right? Yeah. So like everyone just cares about their own, you know, money, if it's in the FTX or not. Right. Um, and so, so, and I've had, and you would think, okay, how often does that happen? Pretty often. Like I had one, one project we worked so hard on, and then it, ha- it was on the same day that Luna crash happened um, in May. Um, we had our mint yeah. date, and then it just didn't go well. <laughs> so, like, um, I mean, we weren't expecting obviously to Luna crash to happen to begin with, but mm-hmm. it's just important, right? So timing, and then and then you would think, okay, well, maybe you know, Luna crash doesn't happen that often. But what about like, okay, would you launch it on a Friday, five p.m., or will you launch it on a Sunday, like 2 p.m., right? What time? And based on based on your target market, at 2 p.m. on a Sunday, is that like morning or evening for most of your, um, I guess, t- uh, tar- uh, you know, target followings? So things like that, they're very small things, but makes a huge difference. And then um, what it comes down to at this point in the bear market is like, you got to get all of those right. So it's almost like a, think of a list of things that you need to get all of them right. Um, and um, it's different to when it was in the bull market, because in the bull market, you could get lots of them wrong and you still f- sell out. And that's a big difference that right now, like everything has to be done properly. Um, it has to be innovative. Um, the utility has to be great. The website has to be great. Uh, the narrative, um, the, the price, the blockchain, uh, you know, everything. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that's a very good point that you're making. Just because you have something on a launch pad doesn't mean that it'll properly launch. You know, right. like you need all of the strategy behind it from, you know, you need to be operating from the command center with everything that, that you mentioned, taking into account timing, knowing your target audience, building yeah. proper utility behind the NFT project itself. Because of course, uh, yeah, even, even in the launchpad, like another thing that happened, like for, for one project I was advising. So the launchpad had this process where you would have to send your NFTs to them. So you would mint it, NFTs, you would mint the NFTs yourself, and then you would send the NFTs to the launchpad, and then they would sell it on their own platform. Now, if someone doesn't know that, and then they look at your smart contract, they they they, they think you just minted your, your own NFTs to just um to just maybe show off and just say, hey, people are minting it. Right. Mm-hmm. So then that could cause a whole a lot of problems of just people fighting um, your discord, Twitter, everyone's just, and it happened for a project that just recently, like a few weeks ago, it just actually happened. Right. Um, I see sometimes the first few minutes, the mint function of a website doesn't work. And then it's like a huge fight. Like everyone's talking about like, this is a, this is not working. This is not working. And then they leave. And then when they leave, the speed of the minting goes down and then people are like, well, this is not working. Let's just, you know, move on to the next project. It's, um, it's a lot more, a lot more into it than just people thinking, oh, just build a community. Because that's what a lot of people say. You go on YouTube and that's what people mm-hmm. say this and it just sometimes pisses me off. Like they say, just build a community. Everything will figure itself out. It's like, no, it doesn't. Like <laughs> actually is a lot more than that. Mm-hmm. And that's a good point yeah. that you're making, the clear communication and good understanding between yourself and your community at all times. Right. Like that's, that's, Absolutely. Really, that's really key. Are there, is there Absolutely. any strategy or tools or resources that you recommend 
for helping yeah. communication like this? Oh, so for communication, I actually like projects to have a project manager, by the way, if they can afford it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's really good to have one, um, projects that I, I worked with that didn't have a project manager. It's very difficult because, um, this is a industry where a lot of things are not known. So like, you can't even mm-hmm. like, even people who have roles and like descriptions of like what they're doing is kind of fluid and it's changing and um you know they need to adapt all the time so if there's no one to actually hold people accountable on what everyone's doing especially on larger teams of like let's say five five plus people in a team it becomes a mess and then nothing moves forward and then it's just demotivating for the entire team Mm -hmm. so maybe getting a monday.com or trello or some some sort of software like we use notion a lot um so that you can notions a good one for sure yeah so you can get everyone on the same page the worst thing is whatsapp so like a lot of projects i've seen this i i hate to be on whatsapp groups myself um they do everything on whatsapp messages get missed um and then people just don't function and then when people don't function the project doesn't function um and it's just like a it's an actual business right especially now in the past honestly you could do everything wrong and you still sell out um now it's not that way so you need to actually like treat it like a real business and have clear communication with everyone and then and then that way people are more excited to you know talk about the, the project and um uh, contribute to the project moving forward that's a great point. I want to spend a little time there for a while because you, you touched on something really mm-hmm. critical. Um, and as an example, so you co-wrote an article for the Social Media Examiner previously, mm-hmm. and I'm paraphrasing, but you were basically saying how um, during the bull market, everyone was buying NFTs for pure enthusiasm and um, just you know getting into the rush of it, and there were NFTs selling out left and right. And now that we're in more of a bull market, um, people are looking at things like utility a little bit closely and and utility is becoming more of a buzzword. And then like what that what, what does that even mean? The same way that people used to talk about community back during um, the bull market. But how many yeah. of them actually meant that? Like, what does community even mean for them? Mm. You know, um, but they would just use it as like a kind of like a like a surface, like a Jedi mind wave kind of thing, like community. And then you just trust it. So um, I'm thinking. And I want to ask you, how um, how are you approaching utility and how, like, what does that look like in a lot of the projects that you're seeing out there? Maybe some good examples. Yeah, so it, that's, a, that's a very good question. I went to a family office summit just recently, um, and I was actually asking, so and there were a lot of investors, like VC investors, family office investors, um, and money managers, basically. And then I was just asking them, I said, listen, so what about the metaverse? Like, do you guys invest in the metaverse? Um, do you invest in like, and I was just like naming different things to just see what, what they would invest in. And the, the concept of utility um, when it is very, um, speculative and when it's not going to be delivered to people anytime soon, um, it's not really attractive, um, in the bear market. So in the bull market, everyone thinks everything is going to happen and everything is happy and, um, wonderful. But in the bear market, if your concept of, 
uh, delivery is something that's going to happen in the next 10 years, but people need to pay for it right now. That's just not a good utility. Um, and you, you, you'll be surprised, but a lot of people have this kind of utilities still to this day. And, you know, they tell people, they say, Hey, um, you have to buy this NFT. And then once you bought this NFT in the future, we'll figure out how, you, how you're going to get value from it. Um, and yeah. so that's not gonna, not gonna fly versus, um, membership NFTs are very simple to to explain to people and just say, hey, here's why you're buying this NFT because you get to have membership to this club to, to do XYZ activities with us. Um, or maybe if um, you get a specific like a physical asset, you get to attend physical events. Uh, certain things that are physical, uh, they're very valuable and then people can just um, see the value quickly. So I, I give you an example. There's um, uh, Etihad Airline. They did the NFT. Now, if it was Emirates, I would have bought their NFT like immediately. But it's Etihad Airline that I don't fly with much. But the concept of their NFT is really cool. So it's practical, right? So for someone who's flying all the time, if they have the NFT, they can actually um, uh, carry on a larger weight uh, for, uh, I guess they can check in a larger weight um, and then they can, um, I guess uh, they have a premium boarding, things like that. And you're like, okay, I paid $300. And every time I go to uh, fly with this air- airline, I get to do all of that. So that sounds reasonable, right? You just do that and then you buy the NFT. That makes sense. Versus if I tell you, hey, you're going to be able to like drink, um, like, I don't know, a smoothie in some, um, exotic place in the metaverse um, by just having my NFT, you'd be like, well, I don't know about that. Like, you know, that doesn't seem very cool anymore. <laughs> um, so so yeah. that's that's the difference between, you know, what's like tangible uh, and, and then, but it's funny, like I say this to you, like it sounds like simple and someone who's like, maybe doesn't, maybe someone who doesn't have NFT right now, they'd be like, of course that's the case. But then I hear this all the time. Like people come in with these NF- NFT utilities that just don't make any sense. Um, and then they're, um, so, so I guess to kind of categorize it, membership NFTs are a really big deal. Anything practical values for people. Sometimes flexing is also a big deal. I believe Gucci had this thing, um, which was actually pretty expensive. My friend uh, just recently bought it. And then, um, she was saying that it's like the events that she gets to go to even just flexing the NFT itself for, for her is like a big deal. So, um, so I guess that's also a weird enough that's a utility as well um and then uh passive income so those three things i would say um like really strong utilities everything else is kind of depends on you know how it's communicated if it's communicated well maybe people buy into it if it's not then it's just going to be a tough tough sell yeah and everything that you're talking about is why i think that like NFT and crypto web three technology is going to become more and more appealing to already established companies that offer a product or a service or have already um, a lot of brand loyalty and maybe even a VIP rewards program already established that they can just apply the technology to. And so um, like, that's a lot of the space where, where I focus in personally as a, as a product designer. And then um, I always look at the cannabis industry because there you have an entire market of companies that have to look at alternative methods when it comes to marketing their products. And so um, I, I want to ask this question, uh, just, you know, we're towards the end of the interview, but just to probe a little bit, what are your thoughts on um, 
you know, applying some of this technology to products. And do you see a future in um, like the the connection between cannabis and crypto? So that's interesting. I've seen one uh, brand that did that and they had like real life events and it was actually pretty cool. And then I know one huge brand that's going to uh, do this and they already have a large team, lots of money behind them. And they're going to launch a NFT that's associated with, uh, I guess it's in the cannabis industry. Um, now they have actually multiple collections, but they're not going to connect them together. Um, so that's just one of their, one of their collections. Uh, but they have like a gaming collection as well and like multiple uh, collections, but later on, uh, I guess they're gonna, they're gonna put it under one umbrella company. Uh, so to me, that's cool because cannabis has its own community. Uh, I guess cannabis industry has its own community. And then uh, now you you basically just give them a platform. You say, hey, like now let's just chat on, let's say Discord or let's chat on Twitter space. Um, and now they're just, they were already kind of um, not needing reasons to connect, but now they have another reason uh, to connect as well. So like they, they already maybe had that like a connection because of just their, the affinity, the interest in within the industry, but now they have like an NFT, for example, if they buy in, maybe they get a specific, uh, maybe they get discounts, maybe, maybe they get to attend specific events, maybe educational events or just like fun events, whatever that is for them. Right. Um, and, um, it's, uh, just brings them together for additional reasons. So I think that's a really cool thing versus, um, you know, other, uh, other projects where they have to come up with reasons why people should stick together. Um, and that reason is usually just the NFT, no other reasons. Man, Arvin, you dropped some serious gems during this interview. So I hope all, everyone that's listening has been taking notes. What's the best way for them to follow up with you or see some of the, keep up with some of the progress on projects you're working on? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, on Twitter, for first of all, on all socials, um, Arvin K N F T A R V I N K N F T, uh, and and then on Twitter and LinkedIn, I'm most responsible, uh, and so they can just shoot me a DM uh, if they want to talk about their projects, um, whatever whatever that is, um, and uh, I'll just read all the all the DMs. Um, and that's, that's again in on LinkedIn and also, um, on Twitter. And then if they wanted to also just check out case studies, we just publish case studies all the time. So that's on sold.nfts.io. That's free. They can go just read it, copy it, whatever they want to do. Um, so S O L D N F T S io sold that nfts.io um i believe it's actually top of the screen you don't even have to scroll down you see a bunch of bunch of case studies and we're adding a few more right now beautiful thank you brother of course and thank you for joining us today i've, re I've really enjoyed every minute of this this has been awesome thank you thank you for having me absolutely so you can download episodes of design this beyond the die line and look for our episodes by going to cannabisradio.com or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Till next time, always think beyond the dialogue.
The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.